Craft Beer Radio, episode 401, on November 6th, 2015. Welcome to Craft Beer Radio, our 401st episode, uh, 401's Prime, so this is a special episode. Yeah, this is the real anniversary. <laughs> and uh, we have an interesting uh, selection of beers. There's a little Thin Lizzy on the intro for listener Dave. <laughs> Thank you, Dave. Uh, so we have uh, three beers provided to us from brewers. We have uh, uh, one beer that I brought from Texas and two beers provided to us by fans. Yes, sir. So. Let's start with this Robert Errol Keane. Okay, so this is from <laughs> Petternales Brewing. Uh, it's the Robert Earl Keane Honey Lager. Uh, Robert Earl Keane is a, for those who don't know, which I didn't know, an American singer-songwriter and entertainer living in the central Texas hill country. And... It looks like this is a... It, he, there's a picture of him pouring honey into something. Uh, <laughs> I don't know whether that has anything to do with the brewery or not, but he's pouring <laughs> honey into something on the website. Um, so it's just made with local hill country honey. Uh, it has German hops, uh, 100% malted barley, Um Texas Hill Country Well Water. 5% alcohol by volume, 17 IBU. This is from Dave. Thank you, Dave. You definitely smell some honey on there. Yeah, the aroma, nice and clean. It has a kind of a biscuity uh, malt aroma mixed in with the honey, not very hoppy. Um, it almost smells like a honey malt as opposed to like a straight. Yeah, yeah kind of, kind of. I'd say the aroma is kind of like in the Dortmunder gold mm-hmm. type. Arena too, like the Great Lakes Dortmunder Gold. If you want to use that as a well, well known, a little benchmark. sweeter than that, a little bit more. Mm. And now it's getting a lot more honey. Actually, now okay. that I smell it again, some more like a glazed biscuit or something. But I think I still think a Dortmunder is a great mile marker to start at. I think it's decent, but it's a little, a little, uh, a little sweeter and less hoppy than than Dortmunder. Okay, but it's all relative. I was thinking about this when I was drinking coffee. Uh, this you know a couple times today, okay? Because uh, I, I just did my twenty four hour thing um, uh, early early on the day. I slept right. after that, but you, when you when you're drinking that coffee, you, you taste immediately that it's very bitter, and you can see why somebody wouldn't like that. And but you you then learn you teach yourself to look past those things and then find all the interesting intricacies inside right. that bitterness. And so that's that's what we're doing here with the aroma. And picking out, like, if you were to put Dortmunder next to somebody with this, would they be able to tell the difference? I oh, don't know. I mean, yes, but, but like, would they know the aspects that they're telling Oh, about? sure. Yeah, no, I wasn't saying this was just like a Dortmunder. Yeah. I just think that's the kind of lager I'm going to start with when I'm describing the differences as we get into this. The aroma smells really nice. I'm still smelling it. The aroma smells really nice to me. It has a nice little kind of, like I said, glazed biscuit type aroma to it. The honey's coming through. You took a sip. What do you got? I'm I'm very pleased with it. It has a lot of sweet um, honey flavor. Definitely um, 
excellent kind of honey flavor that that comes through and that doesn't feel too um sometimes honey can get you know we had like in the last show so honey that got kind of minty mm-hmm. or got a little fusel or something this really does taste like honey but not also like not candied like overtly candy honey like on golden grams or something like that yeah you know i think you're right i mean the honey is kind of regular honey flavored you know general mm-hmm. uh you know filtered and processed honey but still has a really nice liveliness to it. It kind of reminds me a little bit of if you put like a significant amount of honey in a tea or something like yeah. that. You know, yeah. it kind of has that kind of mouth, the tongue coatingness to it. Yes, and the kind of the help, like the general mouthfeel of it. This is very well balanced. The the hops are giving just the right amount of bitterness to to make sure the honey doesn't go over sweet. Uh, but not getting in the way and not really giving you like a hoppy flavor. This honey is really coming through. Um, it's very drinkable too. If you, you know, if you, I'm not a huge fan of honey directly, but I'm mm-hmm. really, really right uh, enjoying this a lot. Yeah, and so I, you know, I started out trying to compare this against a Dortmunder. So in the flavor, I would say you know it doesn't really seem very much like a Dortmunder. There's a big sweetness up front. Now it does. I love how it dries at the end. Mm-hmm. It doesn't stay too sweet. It doesn't right. get sweeter and sweeter and sweeter as you drink it. So you get this nice moderate sweetness in the middle. And I think it, the, it's right to where I like it. And then it dries out and gets you ready for another sip at the end. Yeah, I'm very, very much enjoying this. This is so. I guess if you're comparing this to another type of lager, the closest in terms of sweetness, maybe a Hellas. Yeah, but it's but this the the way the honey works is is very different from a Hellas, and, and like you said, it's very dry. And Helluses don't tend to be dry at the end. So I don't know. There, there's no real good comparison. But this is very a very good use of honey. In beer. One of the better ones I've had, yeah. I think. This is the Robert Earl Keen from Honey Pills, they call it, from Pedernales. Peter Nails, maybe. Maybe that's how we say it. Peter Nails. Peter Nails? As good as any pronunciation I'm going to come up with. <laughs> P E D E R N A L E S. There's no space in there. So. Up to you. As it warms, more honey's coming off on the aroma. Flavors staying about the same. Uh, you know, those kind of glazed biscuits is is kind of right where the flavor is. Mm-hmm. It's uh, almost graham crackery, not quite. And it's just real, for honey pills. You know, out of the of the stash, Dave sent. You know, honey pills usually falls into yeah. the gimmick category or the at least pass it off for the people who don't like beer category. And this is a solid beer. Very solid. This is, as I said, one of the best, one of the better examples of honey that I've seen. And honey is one of those ones that hasn't been used too well. You know, it doesn't have a whole lot of examples where I can say, mm-hmm. like fruit beer, now I can point to a whole lot of examples of great fruit beers. There's not a whole lot of examples of great honey beers. There exist. This is one of them. This is, um, Really excellently done honey beer. Yep. I agree completely. All right. So, yeah. All right. Let's do it. All right. So, Sam Adams sends us all kinds of of samples for the show. So, we have to, you know, portion out how often we do them. Otherwise, it would be the Sam Adams show. (laughs) Um, But this one caught our eye. We want to give it a try. This is their Toasted Caramel Bock. 
So this is a limited release. The hop varieties use are Hirschbrucker, Tetnang, and Tetner. The malt varieties are their two-row pale blend, Munich Caramel 60, and Pilsner malts. 5.6% alcohol by volume, 18 IBU. So, so it's like their Bach, but with toasted caramel right. notes. Well, so this kind of falls into the same vein as the last beer, right? The name on the label generally doesn't lead me to expect something, mm-hmm. you know, that I'm really going to enjoy. So we'll see whether uh, they surprise us here or not. P- pours like you'd expect a Doppelbach or a Bach to be kind of a dark ruby mahogany. Or this is maybe their fall a variety pack, by the way. Chains like a actually like a you know that when you um stain cherry wood, how it's like that deep red. Mm-hmm. It looks kind of like that. Moderate head fell down pretty quickly. Hmm. So Sam and I was in the they just have something for their for this particular one, or they mm-hmm. change their site considerably. In which case, I don't like the new because they had a lot more information oh, okay. on their older site. Hmm. Is that a new logo? Yeah, the it shield. Is. Yeah, Sam Adams changed their logo. Look at that; they have a shield and new labels and stuff. Huh? Someone, I guess they decided they needed some rebranding going on. It's a nice logo. The star on the bottom there is that what that is? Yeah. Yeah, with the fist with some. Is it a fist? Mm-hmm. It's holding some barley or barley stalks, isn't it? No. No. No, it actually looks more like a tap handle. The page keeps shifting yeah, out from under it's, us. It's, it's one of those moving flash things. Uh, oh, that's a... Is that a glass? No, it looks like a tap handle. See here. Okay. Well, this really isn't important for the show, no, but... is it? Um, I'm thinking that is like their Boston Lager pint glass shape, roughly. Oh, yeah. You're right. I think So there's a silhouette on the star where it has kind of that, almost like a Weizen glass type shape. All right, back to the toasted caramel bock. What's the ABV on this guy? Uh, hold on a second. I I moved the page. Um, 5.6. So a little bit lower than their um, double bock. The aroma on this guy is big and sweet and toasty. Mm-hmm. It doesn't smell too caramelly right on the nose. More of... Hmm. I guess um, maybe if you like toasted Wonder Bread or something like that, you know, and kind of... Almost burned it, but not quite. That's kind of the aroma I'm getting. Yeah, so it's heavy melanoid mm-hmm. aroma with yeah. um, those kind of flavors. Once again, sweet. Um, I'm actually kind of enjoying it. There, there's definitely, you can see where they come up with the idea of, to- of, of caramel. There's a little bit of a vanilla mm-hmm. note in there. It's yeah. It's, it's it's not light enough that you know it's a decent bock without you know it doesn't feel overbearing doesn't feel porterish or yeah. It's also not sugary. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not like all caramel or you know caramel extract. The caramel is like I, I'm assuming it's an ingredient since it's on the label. They don't say that it, it's an ingredient, but again, but there's caramel squares on the label though. Yeah. Um, if there's real caramel added to this, it it's not 
the main focus. The malt bill is really the main focus, and that's good. You know, it's again a brewer making yeah. a beer first instead of a marketing first to people who want candy in their beer. Now, this doesn't end as dry as the honey lager. Mm-hmm. Um, well, it is a buck too. Yeah, it's a buck. So it's it sweetness. So there's a lot. There's also a little bit of kind of a lingering uh, sort of coffee thing. Going okay. On. Yeah. Yeah. I'm I'm enjoying it. It has a good balance to it. Yeah, actually, that's it. I got maybe your suggestion of coffee, but yeah, you kind of get this thing at the end where coffee and cream. It's not. Yeah, yeah. It's not too bitter, but the little kind of bitterness lingers a little bit, and then kind of that sweetness comes back and rolls over your tongue. Yeah, I don't think it's as as like well put together as the honey lager, but I think it's it's um, mm-hmm. it, it's it's good. It's decent. It, it has it has a good good feel to it. It doesn't feel ad hoc, right? Mm-hmm. It feels integrated, so that's good. I wouldn't want to drink too. I mean, I think, I think you this feels more oversweet than the honey lager. So. It, the honey lager really had that honey going on, but it didn't have the over super right. sweetness as well. This has the sweet stuff going on, but still very drinkable and, and going down. But maybe like after a couple, you'd be like, mm, "I need some, I need some hoppy." Whereas I think with the honey lager, you could drink a couple of those and not really need. Yeah, I think I think you're right. You you wouldn't want, I I wouldn't want to drink this one three or four in a row. Mm-hmm. It would start to build on you. Yeah, you know the six ounces that we had is. Just about enough, I think. I could go with the whole one. Yeah, I think I think I could do okay. it. But I would probably want some to eat with it. But you can also think of it as a dessert beer too. It would probably go really well with with uh, uh, ice cream, particularly vanilla ice cream. Oh, um, yeah. yeah. So I, I would consider it for dessert, but I think it makes it. Or if you need something sweet, mm-hmm. absolutely. All right, what do we do? Let's do the Upland next. Okay. So this showed up in the mail the other day, like, unannounced. Like, hey, Upland sent us some beer. Thank you, Upland. This is Upland's Latitude Adjustment. 6.2% occupy volume, 30 IBU. This is... Trying to get some information on this. Looks like it's a winter warmer of sorts. It is their winter pale ale. So not a warmer... Um, Tropical Pale Ale. It says uh, right here on the label, Pineapple Coconut Pale Ale. Um, so it is a winter beer, but not a winter warmer. Winter season. Drink south for the winter. <laughs> it's kind of the slogan here. It's called Latitude Adjustment. Okay, so it started out as, as Side Trail Series. So it's one of their um, Side Trial Series. So when, No, Side Trail. But it's, a, it's one of their, you know, like a lot of these uh, breweries are doing, they have limited runs and... They see if something works. Mm-hmm. So this one worked. Um, is known at the time as Beard of Paradise, backed by popular demand. I got a weird floater in my beer. What is that? 6.2% occupy volume, 30 IBU, crystal malt, I guess mosaic hops, clump. and background contributions of pineapple and coconut. I had, a, I had a white thing in my beer about the size of a BB floating at the top, and I went in and fished it out, and it was a hunky clump of yeast. Huh. But, um, I mean, the beer is cloudy, but the bottom of the bottle is quite clean. It's a hazy beer. It looks kind of um, poured with very little head, probably with yeah. all that 
uh, you know, additives, the pineapple and the coconut stuff, have probably killed head retention. So it pours, it looks kind of, it's not still, but I mean, it looks that way because there's yeah. no head. And then it's a pretty hazy, it looks kind of like a Northeast IPA. Not quite like orange juice, but pretty hazy. Pineapple, a little bit of mango on the aroma, which I would expect with it with mosaic. There's coconut there, but I wouldn't have been able to pick it out if I hadn't known there was coconut. Yeah, I mean the nose is just okay. tropical fruits. Yeah. Very first time I sniffed it, I was thinking, "Whoa, that's that's some heavy duty use of Galaxy and Mosaic." But you know, knowing that they added the fruit juice to it, then you smell it again. You're like, "Okay, it's just a a, a juiced IPA." I shouldn't say just a juiced IPA. It is a juiced IPA. Mm-hmm. It smells delicious, though. Coconut is first introduced in the brew house as well as during aging, and pineapple is added toward the end of fermentation. Oh, that coconut's sure in the flavor. Not a very aromatic fruit, but, man, that sure is pounded in the flavor, along with the mango and pineapple. The pineapple juice adds a little bit of tartness, just a bit. Like, not, not like, we're not anywhere near like it goes there or anything, but just a, just a bit of tartness that is um, decently balanced by the hops. Uh, there's a lot of a lot of pineapple and mango flavor going on. The mosaic the mosaic hops are, are blending very well mm-hmm. with the fruit, and the coconut is giving a, a nice sweetness uh, in addition to the crystal malt. Yeah, I'm, I'm with you. It's 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 a beer cocktail. It's so juicy that it, it kind of tastes like a beer cocktail. Mm-hmm. Reminds me of the first time we had that six point rad, which was kind of that was more it was more grapefruity. This but, is this is nothing like red. Yeah. Well, I'm. I, I'm, okay. I'm gonna I'm gonna have right. to push back on you. On this uh, okay. One. All right. I mean, I can say that you you could be reminded, I guess, but this is nothing like red. Right. Was very clearly like half fruit juice, and, and it felt like it. But at the same time, I, I loved red. Mm-hmm. Uh, but red really had a major fruit okay. juice. You don't in this addition. one, just not to the same degree. Yeah. Okay. It, this one is significantly fruit juice to me as well. Keep in mind, we also had two sweet beers without a lot of fruitiness to it. Mm-hmm. Your taste buds aren't, uh, haven't had fruit for a little bit, so they're... That coconut's a neat play. You don't taste it all the time, mm-hmm. but then sometimes you take a pull on it and you'll just get this big boost of... Yeah, it's a nice balancer. Mm-hmm. It adds in something there. And I'm not a huge... Well, actually, I, I, when I was a kid, I wasn't a huge fan of coconut. Now, the, nowadays, I'm actually a pretty big fan of coconut. I should probably correct myself and say... I am a good. I'm a big fan of coconut. <laughs> eat almond joys now. Yeah, I, I could eat an almond joy. I, I don't like shredded coconut that much. Um, I don't like the texture okay. of shredded coconut, but I like the flavor. Yeah, this is pretty interesting. the The tropical flavors are definitely the main part of this beer. The beery things are second note. So I'm, you know, that's why I'm calling it a beer cocktail. You're getting a good drink. I agree with you on the beer cocktail yeah. part. I mean, you're, yeah, you're getting a good drink, but really it's being led by the additives to yeah. this beer. Mm-hmm. So here's the thing. This though. is the latitude adjustment. For if you're a person who doesn't like coconut water, there's a part of this that has that sort of essence to it. So, and I heard no people who, who really like dislike it because they feel it tastes kind of like I've heard comparisons to human sweat as an example. Okay. I, I don't. I'm not with them, uh, but I I kind of know what they're tasting. I I now like that flavor, but some people, if you really dislike that flavor, this might not be for you because of the coconut addition. It is strong enough to be mm-hmm. noticeable. 
it's not just in the in the um I mean, it, 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 it comes and goes but it's not the bottom of my glass was where all the ibus were sitting the very last sip it is like dry hop like super like almost like fresh hopped like burning the back of my throat hoppiness did you get any of that in the last sip or was it just in the bottom of my glass I took a larger sip, and I got some more mm-hmm. scratchiness, but... Yeah, but that last sip, mine was a small one, and it was, like, super potent scratchiness. Huh. And it was almost like a, a spiciness to it, too, like a, like a pepper spice. There may have been some stratification going on in that beer. But, I mean, even when we poured it, it, it wasn't in my whole sample. Yeah. It was in that last sip. So even in the time we poured it, it all sank to the bottom. So there was some heavy hops in this beer. <laughs> it sank to the bottom real quick. They used the heavy hops as opposed to the normal hops. I've never had things. that happen before. That, that's interesting. That's a noteworthy thing for, for this beer. Let's do this treehouse next. What do you say? Well, I would say, why don't we do something called plugging ourselves? So, Ron 401. It's a good number. We want to get further. And we're going to get further, let's face it. But. Yeah, I mean, you're going to support us or you're not, but we're still going to keep doing this show. You can't make us stop that. (laughs) It ain't going to happen. But if you want to support us, it's easy peasy. It is. You just go to craftbeerradio.com slash Amazon. And then guess what? You'll find yourself on Amazon.com. You'll be like, how did I get here? But. The amazing thing is you shop for whatever you want, you pay the normal Amazon prices that you would pay any other time, and instead of all that money going to uh, Jeff Bezos' space programs, 6% of that goes to us. In our space program. Well, which is filling up the space in Jeff's fridge. Exactly, exactly. Thank you for saving me on that one. Craftbeerradio.com slash Amazon. Support the show. Do your holiday shopping there. Okay. Fancy. All right, so the treehouse. We had a listener, Matthew, wanted to send us some New England beers. You know, there's this little cult brewery named Treehouse, and we've never had it on the show. Well, okay, no. well, I, I would actually like to do this one first. Oh, I was going to save that last since we were going to do a whole can. Oh. And kind of start it, and then rank, and then finish it. Oh, okay. Well, that was kind of the plan. Oh, but we can do it now and just not finish the whole cans. Or we can just open one can. We can just open one can, and then. Uh, we can open both pans. We'll, we'll, we'll see. All right. All right. So the mysteriousness is, is Greg was in Texas last week for work. Yes. And he finally found a brewery that's using the cans where the whole top peels off. These cup cans, if you will. Mm-hmm. And it says on there, please recycle on, on the on the top because th- these top, these. Uh, the whole thing comes The off. whole things come come off. So it's like old pull tabs. Right, could, which uh, people littered everywhere. Right, right. So it's actually probably not a very environmentally friendly can because now I got this pool tab top that I'm going to throw at the, in the sand at the beach. <laughs> and uh, just like sand dollars, be there for thousands of years. So now we have a can that you can just drink straight out of, and it's a decent drinking vessel because. Uh, I mean, it's all there. There's no nothing giving it away. It's better. It's better than a 
it's a plastic our, cup. Yeah, it's not Spiegelau, though, but it, it'll yeah. do in a pinch. So we're going to start reviewing this from the can so and then move it to the glass this later. El Chingon from Four Corners. This is an IPA, 7.6% alcohol volume, 72 IBU. Uh, they use uh, several varieties, they say, of bold American hops and then balance it with music, with Munich malt and right. music. So first, first problem with trying to evaluate this beer from the cup can is that it's not been poured. And so pour a little bit into your right, but I'm, I'm, I want to try to do it from the can first. And okay. it's not been poured; it's not moving around. There's almost no aroma coming off of this thing. If anything, what I'm smelling is kind of like um, a Bach aroma or like a, a sports beer or something like that. That's like that's like what I'm getting off of this can. Maybe I'm smelling the dirt on the top of the can. So here, I, I pour a little bit into my glass, so you can have a little bit of aroma okay. from that okay actually i was smelling some of that there's kind of this um bitter orange peel and caramel malt flavor i guess that's kind of where i was taking that caramel malt with the bitter orange peel Mm -hmm. and kind of my brain was attaching that to more of an acrid note okay make a weird sound as i try to drink from the can pretty sweet this is a really sweet beer Interesting. It didn't. It didn't taste sweet to me when I was having it down in Texas. Um, mm. What is that? It's got Simcoe in it or something. It's got some uh, some oniony nets. It's got. There's. There's. I'm both drinking it from the can. There's the some borderline off flavor in there. There's. It's not fusel. It's not acetone. There's something wrong with that, though. What is that? We'll pour it into a glass, maybe we can get. Yeah, it let's in. go to the Spiegelau glass. May either it'll amplify or mitigate. It smells more band aidy. Yeah. Yeah, it's like a rubbery band aid. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's not as noticeable coming in in the uh, in the can. Yeah, did you drink this thing maybe a lot colder when you had it before, Probably, like yeah. straight out of the fridge? Mm-hmm. And now that it's time to warm up and us to do it on the show. Error lights. Bloop, bloop, yeah, bloop, bloop, bloop. it's not real drinkable compared, and especially with our palates calibrated with these pretty good beers we've had tonight. This one's it not not working out for it. It's too bad because I like the I like the addition of of the the cup. It's pretty easy to dump your beer back into the can. That that's, is true. That's one thing it's got going for it. Maybe it just didn't travel from Texas very well. It realized it was, you know, 800 miles from home and <laughs> said, I'm going to self-destruct. I don't know what to tell you. It was fine when I was drinking it, but it was already like three beers in mm-hmm. when I first had it. And it was the, the, the World Series game. And that was, sure. yeah. Yeah, you weren't in the same mode. Yeah. Not at all. All right. Now let's do the Treehouse. Yes. This is Julius from Treehouse Brewing Company. So. Comes in a pounder can. They just say 6.5% aqua by volume. uh, And they use uh, American hops, but they mention lots of tropical flavors. Look Look at how 
turbid and cloudy. This so this day is, is like a. This looks like one of the New England. Stuff. Well, it's from Massachusetts, yeah. right? I think they're in Massachusetts. Yeah. Yeah, so this is this looks like someone put put orange juice in your glass. There's you can't see through this at all. It's it's not just hazy. It it's is, murky. Yeah, it's murky. Uh, there's about two fingers worth of fluffy head. It, wow, there's a big hop burst. You know, I'm getting I'm getting two things. I'm getting kind of this like cascade pellet type aroma yeah. mm-hmm. and then i'm getting kind of the mosaic or galaxy type tropicalness like but they're both kind of separate and in the aroma you're getting this super green pelletized cascade you know where you're getting that kind of vegetal aroma grassy aroma and then yes i totally agree with you um since now okay so Mos- is mosaic or galaxy new zealand or australia no they're both american why are you getting something that reminds you of like a Nelson or something? No, they said it was American hops. I was like, okay. maybe maybe one of them wasn't included if it wasn't uh, if one of them wasn't American. But that is um, that's a burst of hops. You know, I've not had very many of these New England IPAs. I had some tired hands when I was out in Philly, and I think you know they subscribe to that style. I really wasn't that impressed with the tired hands, um, but this one has re- you know for a muddy beer, mm-hmm. it has some pretty bright flavors to it. Yeah. They, they kind of stand out, and this is the first time I've had one of these muddy beers where it didn't taste yeasty and muddy. I'm enjoying this. I would say for the New England style, the probably my favorite one that we've had was the one that I brought back from Massachusetts. Uh, I forget the name of that one, but oh, um, the one from. Uh, Lord Hobo, I think, right? Yeah. Like the Boomer, uh, something like that. Yeah. That that was great. That mm-hmm. was like really, really, that hit all, all the great notes. Right. Um, but this is, this is so far, I mean, one sip in, uh, I'm enjoying it. It has, um, it does have kind of a creaminess to the flavor or, or body or kind of mixing between flavor and body. Almost like a Hefeweizen type mouthfeel, but you know the flavor is not yeasty to me, and it is there's a big bite of grapefruit tropical grapefruit mango kind of blending together. So give me an idea. They say this is one point six ounces per gallon of hops. Okay, so that's, that's that's a lot of hops. I mean, we we've done beers with more hops because we <laughs> poured in a whole bunch of hops that were fresh. Had the luxury yeah. of growing them, yeah. Um, but we don't know how to use them like they do. Yeah, yeah, for sure. We don't have the experience. This is the Julius from Treehouse Brewing. It has um, a very. I mean, I was thinking like fruit juice, but beer. So like beer juice, like right, it has right. But, I mean, so this is interesting coming after the. The Upland, right? right, where the Upland was doing similar flavor things, but with fruits. Yes. This is doing stuff that is pretty close to that with their hopping. And the way it looks and the way it feels, it feels like an orange juice from concentrate type thing, right? It, where <laughs> I'd be careful saying that to me. To me, it is no, no, definitely... Just, just in, in the, in, in the mouthfeel right. and, and the look. Okay, right. The thing is... This is 
from tasting it, this is definitely flavors from beer ingredients. Yes, yeah. Right? Yeah. This is not coming across like a beer cocktail at all. No, I, I totally agree. But I, I'm just pointing to the, those two aspects. The mouthfeel and the look, it, it has this like orange juice concentrate type thing. Mm -hmm. the, the flavor is all hops, all um, good uh, third generation hops. Um, maybe with a little bit of, of grassy, you know, um, type of uh, grassy, like you said, uh, um, cascade mm -hmm. in there. You know, as I'm drinking it, I'm, I'm getting a lot. I mean, I'm, I'm getting really... used to the, the the primary hop flavors. That last sip I took, you know, I was able to really pick out dragon fruit. You know, I got a really big bite of dragon fruit in there. Interesting, because normally dragon fruit, even even a, a whole big bite of dragon fruit, is well, not a huge flavor. But that's it. But there's this kind of sweetness to it. Yep. There is. Um, there's, there's a good amount of bitterness here, though. I mean, I don't want to to, to take away from that, mm -hmm. um, but it's not a lingering bitterness, especially with the the fruity hot flavors, help to make it so that there's no like super lingering bitterness. Arrogant brewer, co right. arrogant brewing right. company. Type. Yeah, you know, no, it's not. It's not bitter apparent. You mm -hmm. know, it's not like abusive. Mm -hmm. Peach. Do you get a peach note in here? Or maybe like a peach pie filling type note? Like a, as a tertiary thing. Like, Well, sure, but yeah. getting into nuts I, and bolts. and Not not enough for me to be like, to, 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 to absolutely declaratively say yes. Something, yeah. something that, that I think you could pull as a peach, but you could also kind of even call it cantaloupe. So it's like... Oh, cantaloupe, yeah, okay. I just took a sip and it really put me like into like... Peach pie with some some buttery crust and stuff in there too, you know, just kind of the whole mm -hmm. forkful kind of popped into my head. Yeah, I mean, I definitely because we haven't talked much about the malt, but the malt is definitely there, and mm -hmm. it's there, there's a nice sweetness to it, uh, and I like the pie crust analogy. It's not quite that sweet, but it's pretty mm -hmm. sweet and has, and with the texture, it almost gives it a butteriness. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it doesn't have diacetyl. It's not really buttery, but when you think of flaky pie crust, right. that kind of thing. Well, I think I understand why people are goo goo over Treehouse. It's pretty good. I mean, I'll be, I'll be completely honest. We've had better, but right, I, I get it. I, yeah, this is one of the best. If, if this was available. What to you was all that? Was that Lord Hobo the Boomstick? That's what it was called. Was that this cloudy though? I don't think it was. It wasn't Northeast IPA. It was. No, it no. was excellent beer, but yeah. it wasn't cloudy. I mean, for these cloudy ones, I I never understood. Why people were goo goo over them because they've all been muddy mm -hmm. to me. This one's not muddy. I get it. If, if the ones people are goo goo over are this, I get it. So here's what I would say with regarding this because I think it's very good, um, bordering on really excellent. Um, have I had better? Yes, but okay, let's say this was your local beer. I think you'd love it just the same way that we love uh, Fathead's Headhunter. Headhunter, yeah. So, like, I mean, is Headhunter the best IPA on the market? Probably not, but it's so good, and we get access to it easily right. that mm -hmm. it's easy for us to almost get sort of like so into it. I'm not sure that I would want a fridge full of something this. I don't know. I don't know. I'm sure you'd get. I'm sure you'd be happy with it. Twist my arm. Yeah. yeah. It maybe it's that kind of saturated cascade pellet that I have on my tongue right now. It, it's. Like I had, Remember, you can get used to anything. So You if, can. But I had eight ounces of the treehouse. And I'm kind of I'm satisfied. I like it. Sure, I, do I never want to have it again? No, no. I would like to have it again. 
But I I don't want to go for a second one right now. Okay, but also we're in show mode. There, yeah. There's lots of things, lots right. of various things. Okay, maybe a second one. If I was out at a bar and they had this on tap, I'd probably order a second one. <laughs> uh, I, I'm looking. So here's something interesting, though. So they have a bunch of rotational offerings on their website, and mm-hmm. I'm looking at Green, which is another one of their beers, and it looks the same. <laughs> like it looks the, the same kind of murkiness mm-hmm. to it. I, I uh, think that, you know. Yeah, they could be just, the just their that... style. Yeah. That Matthew sent us that beer, so thank you so much, Matthew. He sent us a couple other New England beers, you know, that are... Uh, I'm looking forward to getting through those as well. All right, last beer, another Pounder Can. This one is from our friends at Summit. They sent us the Dark Infusion Coffee Milk Stout. Okay, this is uh, part of their Unchained series. This is batch 23. Okay, what do we got? <laughs> uh, boiled kettle edition of lactose They have a boiled kettle edition of lactose After fermentation, the beer is infused with coffee In collaboration with St. Paul's Black Eye Roasting Company And 8.5, 8.5 So it's a nice, nice way to end I'd use 40. The malts that are utilized are stout malt, which I'm not sure. I've never heard of that. Stout malt. Stout malt. No, I've never heard of one called stout malt. You you wonder if they just dumbed down and said, you know, the kinds Maybe. of malts that people use for stouts. Maybe. The next thing there was brown malt. I think I've heard of brown yeah, malt. Yeah, yeah. Definitely brown malt. Uh, Perla Negra, which I think I've heard of before, too. But like maybe only once or twice. Midnight wheat, torrified wheat, and flaked oats. So there's oats in here. Uh, hops utilized. Okay, Fuggle and Pilgrim. Okay. Pilgrim. Yeah, they, used, Pilgrim. They, kind, they used a lot of ingredients in this thing. I mean, so they used, what, three malts, three barleys, two kinds of wheat, and an oat. Pilgrim hops, uh, so similar to Target, Challenger, or Pioneer. Well, remember, this is a coffee milk stout, yeah. so I don't think we're going to be really digging into the hops all that much, but if we do, we can come back. Uh, 40 IBU, the yeast is Whitbread Ale. Okay, so Whitbread's an English pub ale. Okay, and the kettle editions are, lact- kettle editions are lactose, so... They say serve in a Spielglau stout glass. Well, we'll, we'll just serve it in a regular Spielglau. Snifters. Uh, snifters, which is fine. Uh, which is, of course, again, we, we mentioned they are this the evaluation glass. And, and just a good time drinker. I do use, you know, we're lucky enough to get our hands on many of the Spielglau glasses. And uh, I actually used the stout glass last week when I was drinking one of Heather's Kalamazoo stouts. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, you oh, you drink one of Heather's stouts? I drink one of Heather's stouts, yeah, yeah. I'm like, every other beer in that fridge is show beer. Right? Like, I'm like, what the heck am I going to drink? I got to drink her stouts. Um, but what was I going to say? You know, I enjoy using the stout glass. I enjoy using the IPA glass. Um, I use, you know, that wit glass. is kind of like a huge, big, like 25 ounce or 28 ounce yeah. glass. And uh, I drank Oktoberfests out of that. that oh, okay. Was, it worked out quite well. I just wanted the I wanted the Oktoberfest to really yeah. catch a ton of aroma, and uh, you know, so you can kind of mix and match. But 
dollar for dollar, I think the snifter here is the best. I mean, we're not sponsored by Spindler or anything, but we'd be open to it because, <laughs> I mean, we're not. Well, that's it. I mean, if we both feel it's the world's best product yeah. for the market, yeah, and we would not be like telling you to buy a Casper mattress or something like that and not be sure it's the best thing. You know, the Spiegel glasses we can get behind. Absolutely. We have links on our website if you want to go to the Amazon well, we had, store. We tried buy. all sorts of glasses. Pretty much everything we could find. Yeah, and this is definitely it. it, it and one, what, what is it about the glass that makes it unique? Is is an interesting question. I, I think it's the thinness of it. Yeah, uh, the lip, the, the lip, way the lips yeah. laser cut and everything. You know, it just has a really good feel to it. The thinness helps with you if you want to get heat into there. You just kind of wrap your hands yeah. around the bowl. But at the same time, it helps as the beer comes off. There's something about like a thick thing, like on, on a. On a um, shaker pint, on a shaker pint, uh, it doesn't have the same kind of mouth feel when it comes yeah. over that thicker lip than it does when it comes over this one. I, I think you're right. And then the glass that they use is presumably superior. Yeah. I, I have less less understanding. I have less understanding yeah. of that. But the tolerances of manufacturing of these glasses compared to your regular glass is is huge. This, these things are so exact. Yeah. There's one of them in our collection that has this weird bulge on it. And whenever, I, so we do the trick where to open up the aroma, I will tilt the glass until the beer is almost spilling out. And then I will rotate the glass so it coats the outside. And every once in a while, I will get the glass with the bulge and feel it as I'm rotating it. You know, <laughs> I should just throw that thing on the ground the next time I find it. I'm teasing, I'm teasing because, you know, it's a $10 glass. But you know, it's like the only yeah. it's the only imperfection I've ever found in these glasses. There, there's not many things that Jeff and I will unambiguously say buy this, but the, this glass is, yeah. is... It might sound steep, you know, ten dollar glass. It's worth it. Get the four pack where you get like th- four for the price of three, right. and enjoy. I I would. <sighs> I would almost give you a money back guarantee if I knew there weren't some jerks listening who <laughs> would just do it on purpose. Oh, I would almost refund them. It was too low. <laughs> I would almost say we guarantee you will. This is the best glass you've used. Yeah, but I'm not going to. We will not use funds from that people, the listeners donate <laughs> for that. That would be coming right. out of our pocket. Right. All right, so we're drinking the Dark Infusion Unchained from Summit. The aroma. The first coffee. aroma was big coffee. Mm-hmm. Is, uh, now it, you know, it, it's not. It, the volatiles have gone away since we were talking about glasses for a couple of minutes. But <laughs> uh, but it, it was big and bursting. Still big coffee. It still has kind of a. Reminds me, of, you know, of the coffees. You know, I go through like the kind of single origins. Reminds me of kind of like an Ethiopian type smell, where you know, it's a little more earthy. And you get kind of a berry type aroma on. I'm getting a little bit of that. I'm burping up some treehouse and getting some kind of pellet, you know, type flavor in the back of my throat again. Let me uh, take some water here. Hmm. I'm looking at at their blog post. I'm trying to get the coffee, the coffee that was used. It looks like they use a blend of two different coffees. Uh... Roasting Black Eye Roasting Company's Summit Blend with Bull Run Roasters in Minneapolis. Okay. Secret. Trade secret. Oh, 
Okay, so they, they use about... This is the largest grain bill for a single batch they'd ever done, about uh, 10,500 pounds of malt, which is a key factor in breaking the record for the longest lauder process, about six hours. What's the lauder process? The, the lauder... Depends how specific they're going to, they're being. The, um, but it's basically the sparge where you're rinsing mm-hmm. the grains. Um, so you have the mash tun, right? You know, like a place, like a, a traditional German brewery has an extra vessel that, uh, that, uh, American microbrewery generally doesn't have. Um, the mash tun in American microbrewery is the mash slash louder tun where they do the mash and they rinse the grains in the same vessel. In a traditional German brewery, they have an extra vessel. They have the mash tun, and then they have the louder tun, and they actually pump all the grains in the liquid, the whole oatmeal thing, from one kettle to mm. the other kettle, and then that's where they do the rinsing. So the loudering is is the sparging, the rinsing. Okay. So this is this this blog post was made during the process before it was finished. So they say our brew house is not designed to brew such enormous batches. It required a little creativity and teamwork to operate smoothly and do four batches consistently. I'm surprised that this beer is their biggest grain bill. I mean, they haven't done like a mm-hmm. a big barley wine or something like that that you know wouldn't have outpaced. What's the ABV on this guy? ABV was eight something, eight point five. Something, yeah, I and mean, that's kind of surprising that the most malt that they've used is in an eight and a half percent beer. But I mean, it is they used a lot of wheat and oats mm-hmm. and things like that. So and that good old stout malt, <laughs> stout malt. <laughs> Why don't you search for that? See if there's a see if it's a right. thing. Okay, onto the flavor. There, there's actually the hops are coming through. I, I told you let's not worry about those pilgrim hops because we're drinking a coffee milk stout. But uh, the first sip, I, I kind of got a light amount of hoppiness, and then it gets into. You can definitely tell, especially knowing you can tell that the lactose is in there. It has a really smooth, mm-hmm. creamy body. It doesn't really have much of a sweet, milky, creamy type flavor, but it has that lactose body. The coffee comes through pretty strong, about a little past halfway into the, into the flavor, and then kind of lingers out the back end. And then, like the late aftertaste is actually, it's a blend of uh, a bitterness from the hops and a bitterness from the coffee that kind of hang around. I'm seeing uh, two things. One is Irish stout malt, and the other is some sort of is MCI stout malt. Okay, so maybe it's like a trademark name or something. Could be. Coffee aroma on this one is is really nice. It it doesn't smell like plain old uh, coffee. It has nice... oh that is it's it's the Irish Stout Malt, Malting Company Ireland MCI. Okay, so that could be what it is the Irish Stout, which is uh, stolen from a truck parked outside of the Guinness Brewery. It's just um, okay, just Stout Malt, yeah. All right. Okay. Anyway, on the beer. As I'm drinking this, I'm a few sips in. Kind of the the milk style character is coming through a little bit stronger. Kind of lingers a little bit there. You get 
again, it's still a mouthfeel thing. It's not really like a sweet cream, but you get this kind of creamy mouthfeel to it. It, it gives it a nice balance to the hops and the stout. It feels a little a little thin to me. Okay. Just a just a bit. I mean, maybe it's come coming after Julius, where you know you really had that big full mouthfeel mm-hmm. from it. This feels just a little bit thinner than that, because um, they they had flaked oats in there, not really getting much of the yeah yeah. I mean, character. It's a good point. You know, there's two kinds of wheat and oats in here, mm-hmm. and they're all kind of under the radar. They're not really apparent. They're not, and when I say apparent, they're like they're not apparently adding to. The complexity yeah. or an interesting flavor. They're kind of just passing by in the night and not noticing that they're there. I, I mean, we've had, we started with with two sweet beers, and this is the third kind of you know, sweet beer of the night. And this is my least favorite, I think, of the beers that had this the, the sweet character to it. I, I'm just, I'm, I'm not feeling it. It doesn't, the, the coffee part is fine. The mm-hmm. lactose, I think, is a little bit overdone, maybe, so it's a little oversweet. Yeah. And um, and I don't think there's enough malt or hop to combat that in the right way. And I I think that the Sam Adams kind of did a better job, even of kind of the same kind of sweetness mm-hmm. um, in in the same realm at least. Sure. But uh, but weirdly, but it although Sam Adams wasn't, it wasn't really balanced, it was definitely sweet forward. It. There was enough. There was enough there that the surrounding beer didn't feel uh, like it was left out of the right. equation. I, I get you a little bit. Yeah, I think you know, like three quarters of the way through the drink, the mouthfeel seems a little thin. If it was a little bolstered up a little bit, mm-hmm. I think it would have a better apparent. Probably the biggest knock I have on this one is it does not finish clean. It kind of leaves yeah. this kind of tannic bitter, or not tannic, maybe a little bit ashy. I don't know if ashy is the right word, but there's this big bitter that just hangs. There is there's a there's a lingering bitterness and a lingering sweetness that don't work together. Mm-hmm. It's not horrible, but yeah. really, it like I'm sitting here deep after the sip, and I'm like, yeah, it's hanging around, and it's it's hanging around. <laughs> That's what it's doing. It's just hanging around. Well, they can't all be great. We did the Keller Pills from Summit in the pre-show. That beer is delicious. Yes, it is. All right. Mm, El Chingon. So I don't know if we can uh, rank the El Chingon. I mean, I guess we can't. Well, is it what the brewer intended? No. Right? So. Yeah, it's spoiled. It's probably not justified in ranking it. So we won't rank the El Chingon, but we'll rank the other uh, five. I'll go first, I guess. Oh, right, go for it, man. All right. So uh, I'm going to put this one that we're having now. I'm going to put the Summit in last place. Um, and, it, you know, it's 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 just it, it's it's the same things we just talked about. It, it, it's a little too thin for, for what I expect to out of an 8.5 stout uh, coffee milk stout with lactose and oatmeal in it. Like... <laughs> Uh, does doesn't feel like that at all, mm-hmm. and the, the sweetness is, is lingering a bit, and there's a weird bitterness that's also lingering, and they don't mix together right. Um, so yeah, Summit um, not not into it so much. I'll finish it. It's not like I'm not. It's oh, not sure. like it's undrinkable, right? Um, but you know, there are problems with it, like with the L uh, the L chain on, but um, 
it, it, it deserved its last place tonight. In fourth place, I'm going to put... These are all the these the rest of them are all really good. Mm-hmm. I think they they, they they or at least had their moments, right? Right. But I guess I'm going to put the Sam Adams in fourth place, and a little bit of a hard luck loser here because I think it, it did a good job of, of what it was trying to do, uh, which was you know a sweet kind of dessert beer that is presenting it you know presenting those options. I just think it was uh, not quite up to the challenge of the other three beers we're giving out. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I think, you know, Hard Luck Loser in the sense that, you know, well done and, and well executed for what it was uh, and perfectly acceptable, if not really good for, for, for what it's trying to do. In third place, I'm going to put the Upland. Um, the, the two reasons for that are, one, the other two beers were better, and two, the... Coconut thing, I can see how some people just might, that the coconut water aspect, mm-hmm. they may not be into that. Uh, in second place, uh, I've, it's, a, it's a little tough for me. It's not, it's not too tough for me, but I, I don't want to sell the Treehouse short because I think Treehouse is excellent. Um, I, I, I like what it was giving me. I like the, the, the muddy New England flavor coming from the Treehouse. Uh, it, was, it was really, really good. But... I was really impressed by our number one beer, by that honey. Because they had to get honey without being overly sweet, but still with having that honey character to it. I was super impressed by the Robert Earl Keane from... I don't even know how to say the name of the, of the brewery. Pedernales. Pedernales. But Pedernales... It's all one word. One. Ales isn't its own word. It's yeah. part of the main word. Pedernales. There you go. That is... Yeah, I, so the bottom, from the bottom up, I'm, I'm with you, right? I'm going to put the Summit in fifth place. It, it, I'm going to drink it. It's a fine beer. Uh, compared to the competition, it is falling behind. Probably because of what we just talked about, right? The, the lingering bitterness for number one. The I re, When you said there was two kinds of wheat and oats in there, I'm like, oh, that's going to be interesting. I can't wait to taste it. Is it fair for me to penalize it because I couldn't taste the things in there? On our I show, sure. I guess. And, and for this, and I'm for, not for sure, this I'm ranking not, thing that yeah, we do? Yeah, yes. I'm not sure if it's really penalization or not, but I was I was disappointed that I couldn't mm-hmm. find the wheat in the flavor. Uh, the Boston beer, the Sam Adams um, caramel, toasted caramel bock. That beer was better than I expected from the label, and it was a good drinker. You know, and then it, it's a fine beer, you know, compared to if you like sweet, if you like caramel, you actually it wasn't that sweet. If you like multi beers, if you like, you know, caramel notes to it, something but not super sugary, I think it's going to be right up your alley. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's a well put the I, I said it earlier, that beer is well integrated. It didn't feel ad hoc or anything like that. In now the top three. Really close. I mean, they're all top-notch beers. You should check all of these out. Um, I'm going to put the Latitude Adjustment uh, from Upland as well. This was fascinating. I've never had a beer with coconut used like that Mm -hmm. in it. I'm sure I've had a stone something or another with coconut and Mexican chocolate or something like that. But 
not one that was like coconut forward, but with the pineapple coconut and the porters we've had. Oh yeah, Maui, but it doesn't come across the same way, right? right it didn't. Yeah. This one came across like this one was like coconut was the star. Even the Maui was coconut was a supporting artist. It also it was more toasted in the Maui, where this one yeah. was less toasted. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, that's a good point. You know, like toasted coconut for sure. Um, it's an interesting beer. You should check that one out. I don't know if I can follow Greg, though, and put the Honey Pilsner in first place. That was a really drinkable beer. I'm going to put it in second place. Uh, the Robert Earl Keen from uh, Padern Nails Brewing Company. That was good. I mean, when I saw it in the fridge and when Dave gave us the Honey Pills, it's, it's like not a beer that instills confidence that mm-hmm. it's going to be a world-class beer. Greg ranked it number one. It's really good. I was impressed by the Julius, though. You know, partially because I haven't found what everyone is crazy over in these Northeast IPAs. And now I get it. Mm-hmm. You know, it opened my eyes. So I, I'm going to give the Treehouse the Julius the first top spot because it helped me understand what people are talking about. I mean, as far as I'm concerned, one, one, two are close in yeah. terms of enjoyability tonight. And, and a different night, it may have ranked differently. Sure. For some reason, that... Oh, nails hit with, me well. I'm I mean, with you. I ranked it second, yeah, yeah. right? I mean, absolutely. So, we're, so we're, good. Yeah, we're we're very close in, in our rankings, and I think that yeah, these are this gives you an idea of you know, we, people uh, might be yeah. thinking, oh, there's a honey pills that ranks with a treehouse beer. I need to find that. You know, hopefully that's what they're thinking. Well, I mean, yeah, I would be fine with that because I think people mm-hmm. should check it out. I, I, I absolutely, but you know, it's so it's it's it's. It's the dark horse. It's such so unexpected yeah. on paper. It's you know Nate, why... Nate Silver wouldn't even have predicted this. <laughs> well, I mean, th- this is why we do this. I mean, sure, we, we talk about how the the rankings are a silly thing we do, but at the same time, they they capture an essence of the moment and uh, and and how we're thinking. And it's it's uh, I I think it's it's an aspect that that. Uh, I've grown to really love about what we do with this, this ranking thing, even though sometimes it's really hard. And other times it, 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 it sparks an interesting conversation, an interesting comparison like this does. And I'm, I'm really happy to have these two very, very different beers uh, in, in close competition. Even you and I, you know, even you agree that it's a, it's a close competition between oh, these sure. two. Oh, sure. Absolutely. So it's 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 the fun of of beer is that these two very very different beers can be very uh, high up. Sounds good. I think we should wrap this one up. Get All on right. to the post show. Craft Beer Radio is released under the Creative Commons license. You visit craftbeerradio.com for more information. But if you want to contact us, please contact us. We love getting tweets and emails on Twitter at Jeff Bear. Greg is at CBR Greg. <laughs> I, I, I got you covered, man. I got you covered. Enjoy the beer. Uh, at Craft Beer Radio is kind of the podcast account. Uh, email, just do beer at craftbeerradio.com. Nice and easy. We both get it. And we'll try to we'll try to respond. Sometimes it takes a couple of days at least. Cause, sure. Cause we're busy. We're busy folks. Well, cheers. cheers. 401. Prime 401. number. Thanks, everybody. 